Welcome to Canadian Defence Focus from CDR Radio, produced by Canadian Defence Review Magazine. This series of podcasts features interviews with leaders and experts in the defence industry, as well as reports and profiles on the very latest in defence technology. Hello and welcome to another edition of the CDR Radio Podcast. I'm James Carolus, Ottawa Bureau Chief with Canadian Defence Review, Canada's leading defence magazine. This time on the CDR Radio Podcast, we're speaking with Christina Jones and Sarah Drake of Race Rocks. Race Rocks is an Indigenous-owned, women-led firm that is harnessing technology to modernize defence training at a time when the Canadian Armed Forces desperately need such tools to keep up with technological change. Christina Jones is Vice President of Operations at Race Rocks, and Sarah Drake is Director of Design. Hi, Christina and Sarah. Welcome to the CDR Radio Podcast. Hi. Hello. Okay, well, let's start with Christina and then Sarah, you chime in so the listeners get to know your voices. What does Race Rocks mean when you talk about training modernization? For sure. When we talk about training modernization, it's good to look at the historical for some context. Classic training is very stand and deliver. There's an instructor at the front of the class and they're delivering content at a defined speed. But this is generally pretty inefficient and kind of costly to get a cohort together. And this kind of type of training has proven to be pretty inefficient as it's quite passive and only really working for the speed of a handful of learners in class. Comparatively, modernizing training, we mean updating and overhauling current practices using contemporary best practice tools and technologies. I can speak a little bit from the design side of the house uh, when we're approaching modernizing training. We sort of have a three-step system the way we often visualize it, which is uh, capturing and digitizing and elevating existing training. So capture means there's specialized knowledge within an organization. There's existing training materials that often a lot of great time and effort have gone into. So what can we glean from this and then digitize? So apply technology that makes sense to match learning outcomes and design a learning experience that can be distributed and accessible and repurposable. And then how can a training system elevate that training? So making sure that we have a good picture of existing systems, where there may be gaps, so that we can have a clear picture of how the training is going to be delivered, so that it can capture and interpret the data, so you can improve training and ensure learner success within that system. So why is there an urgent need for modernizing training methodologies in the defense sector? So there are very skilled personnel that are aging out and leaving defense as well as everywhere else. And in a lot of cases, those personnel have been carrying training. Uh, So one thing we can find often with that sort of traditional instructor-led approach is if you take a less skilled instructor and sit them down with a lesson plan that a more skilled instructor has been using for 20 years, they may not know how to fill holes or fill gaps within that. It might have pieces missing for the newer instructors coming in. So it's really critical to capture the expertise of the personnel before they leave and make sure that the training can stand up on its own, no matter who's delivering it or how it's being delivered. Training isn't just about like how good it's happening right now. It's also a bit of a retention tool and onboarding tool. There's a whole new generation of learners coming into defense. And those learners are coming in with expectations of how training should work. They are the generation that has 
YouTube in their pocket where they can learn how to do anything. They're used to effective and efficient training, and they're not going to really be interested in sitting around for months on end waiting for a cohort to start. And training is part of a retention tool. This is their onboarding and their first experience into the defense sector. And if we drop the ball on training, we may not keep that recruit. What are the security implications of integrating technology into defense training? For sure. There's a lot of uh, implications. Like we are very well aware that there are potentials for breaches or attacks or even espionage. And this is exacerbated, especially when you look at training of protected and classified information. With this, we work very closely with our clients. Our uh, security team is amazing. And they use lots of tools, whatever tools that are required for the specific engagement, be it encryption or multi-factor authentication or containerized security or even cloud computing, which I know D&D is heavily investing in right now. But not everything is about the technology. And I hate to make everything about training, but training is also really important for security. You have to let your recruits know where risks exist so they can manage to protect themselves. Having a knowledgeable security team that understands potential security protocols and is keeping up to date with what's on the horizon and what's coming up next because there's new threats every five minutes. So I think we really rely on our team and they really rely on a great relationship with our clients to understand that we have a really robust protocols. And as Christina said, make sure that everybody's trained on how to follow those. How will adaptive learning change the training landscape? Adaptive training is going to have huge impacts from our perspective. Just to help folks out, take a step back, um, an adaptive learning system is a system that will tailor training to individual learners. So they will look at their performance, their strengths, their areas of improvement as they are taking training and change their training path to match that. So if you think about training the way that it exists uh, today, for the most part, it's a bit one size fits all. The same training is being offered to every individual, the same lessons, the same questions. And an adaptive learning system will take a look at your records or analyze your performance as you're going through your training and personalize your path. See where you've stumbled, where you've taken longer reading through or working through an exercise and adapt your path to make sure that everyone's reaching mastery in the different competencies. As I said, we're really excited about adaptive learning. We think that it's really going to make things more efficient, more effective. And so we've been doing R&D in this area, working on our own system called Adenine, which is a modular training development and delivery system. So it's an entire system, but it can be modularized to uh, work into existing systems that clients may have. And it focuses on providing learning paths through development and delivery based on these individual competencies and creating data-driven learning within this. So making sure that we have really good insights at the development level, at the delivery level, at the organizational level, into how learners are moving through the system. And those insights can be used by the system itself and machine learning to help adapt a path, but it also can be used by learning designers at the development side to change the way that they approach lesson making. And it can be used by organizations to have a big picture and see where there's gaps and where folks are struggling. So we're excited about adaptive learning. 
Now, what about AI? What do you see its potential as being in training? Oh, there's tremendous potential for AI. I know it's very buzzwordy right now, and we're hearing a lot about it, but AI is already part of D&D and already part of modern warfare with complex battle scenarios being run in simulated environments already. And it should be expanded and integrated to predict and rectify training inefficiencies, providing real-time feedback to people so they can know what they need to improve on. And so the departments can know on where our competencies are and who's ready for deployment. AI can help with pattern recognition and data analytics and eventually improve on decision-making. When it comes to using modern tools like the ones you've described, how does the defense sector ensure that the essence of discipline, teamwork, and resilience is still ingrained in trainees? Training can't happen without a human in the loop, and training should reflect the attitudes and values of the organization. Skilled instructional designers will always be needed to ensure that the training meets the needs of the people who are involved. Again, there always has to be a human in the loop. Technology is just a tool. It can be used to enhance training, and but learning our core values and the training culture of an organization really comes from human beings. Leadership, mentorship, and shared experiences are all part of a learning journey. Yeah, I think I can tack on to that too. The idea that we we have these values, they're going to be different in every organization. And to me, it's both. It should be within the content. It should be reflected in the technology and the way that it's used, as well as in the learning environment. Are there human considerations related to the use of modern training methods? Yeah, 100%. I think Christine sort of mentioned uh, skilled instructional designers working uh, attitudes and values into their training. I think another really core competency there is knowing your audience. Um, That's really one of the tenets in instructional design. And our audience is diverse and they have diverse needs and they come to this training from different places. So one of the key pieces that uh, I'm sure most people have heard and talked about is accessibility. So the idea that we need to understand that every individual learner may need different tools to have the equal playing field in terms of access to the trainings. It may have visual or hearing impairments, cognitive differences, socioeconomic restrictions that may impact their bandwidth or speed. They could be training from remote locations. So when we're looking at our training audience, we consider all of these different implications and how our tools can adapt or have built-in accommodations so that every trainee sitting down to do their work has equal access and equal opportunity. And I think another thing when we're thinking about our audience is representation within our training. Again, diverse group of individuals in the defense force or most training audiences and making sure that there's representation of that diversity within the training ensures relevance to all the trainees and ensures inclusivity. And it also enhances realism of training scenarios. It's really important to us and we work very hard to make sure that the training that we create is reflective of the work that's going to be done. And I think representation's a key part of that. Cultural sensitivity is also really important. As an Indigenous business, it's very important to us here at Race Rocks to be mindful of cultural sensitivity. Defense personnel come from diverse cultural backgrounds and environments, and it's important to take that into consideration in the development of training. And modern training methodologies should incorporate cultural awareness training in order to make sure that we're respectful. All training environments should ensure that the content is not biased or offensive. 
to anyone. I think one of the things that Christina just hit on there is thinking about your learning audience and ensuring that their training is accessible for them and sensitive to them and where they're coming from. It's also about operational readiness and the training content itself needs to prepare individuals to operate within Canada and the world where you see lots of different customs, protocols, beliefs, and nuances. And it's really critical to effectively operate in these spaces uh, that your training prepares you for that. Where do you see defense training heading in the future? Faster, more efficient training cycles. Uh, Classroom time that is used to be effective at applying and assessing the knowledge that has been gained instead of just as a vehicle for disseminating information. Information that needs to be ingested should be digestible at the point of need for anybody at the pace at which that they need to ingest it. The blend of training environments should be both virtual and physical with more advancements in immersion and realism. And uh, as we've stated previously, more adaptive to individual learner needs. Sarah, do you have any final thoughts? It's very exciting to see from that design side. It's really exciting to see where technology is going, how quickly it's growing, how you can have access to immersive, realistic scenarios, much more cost-effective way now than before. However, you don't always need to have an immersive representation of a full training environment. You might just need a really accurate representation of a key element. So I think that's one of the things that we'll see happen over time is that folks are going to really understand the technologies and where they can best be applied. One last question. Is there a risk of over-reliance on technology and training? Yes, definitely. I think there's a risk of misuse of technology and potentially overuse or over-reliance. If you're using technology in situations that it's not appropriate, there's the potential to reduce human judgment or human decision-making capabilities or interpersonal skills. But that's only if you're removing the human element, which does not need to be the case when you are utilizing technology. So we know it's really important for training to have a learning community, to have access to expertise, to have practice applying your skills and honing them, to have personalized feedback uh, in like in a timely fashion. There's a really important need for the human element of training uh, not to get lost. Uh, you can still be using intuition and emotion and adaptability uh, within your training environment. And all of this is possible with the use of technology, Um, but technology can also be a barrier to that if it's not being applied appropriately. Thank you, Christina and Sarah, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to the latest in the CDR radio podcast series. They are produced by Canadian Defence Review, Canada's leading defence magazine. I've been speaking with Christina Jones and Sarah Drake of Race Rocks. To hear more CDR radio podcasts, go to CanadianDefenseReview.com or find us on iTunes and Google Play under CDR Radio. I'm James Careless. Thank you for listening to the CDR Radio podcast. Talk to you again next time. Tune in next time for another Canadian defense-focused podcast from CDR Radio.